बिहाइंड द सीन्स बाय मेजर जनरल जोगेंद्र सिंह न्यू डेली 1993 लांसर इंटरनेशनल 273 पेजेस 15 स्केच मैप्स आईएसबीएन 1897829205 हार्डबाउंड बिहाइंड द सीन्स setting aside various factors discussed is a very interesting book i will only deal with the author's opinion about 1965 war the controversial part of the book begins once lieutenant general harbak singh enters the scene as the third boss of Joginder Singh as GUC Western Command in November 1964 it appears that there was a personality clash between Joginder and Harbaksh while Harbaksh's book war dispatches published before Joginder's book indicates that Harbaksh did not have a very high opinion about Joginder Singh Joginder states that Harbaksh wanted to base India's main defense on Bias River while abandoning the entire territory from the international border to Bias while it is possible impossible to confirm or deny this assertion it seems highly improbable that Harbaksh could hold such an opinion whether one takes Harbaksh Singh as an Indian or a Sikh Joginder's approach while discussing harbakh singh as far as the conduct of 1965 war is concerned is hostile to the point of being irrational like he defends general niranjan prashad who was sacked for exhibiting timidity and cowardice by harbakh singh jogender thinks that niranjan was sacked not because he was irresolute but because he was difficult subordinate it's not possible to agree or disagree with joginder however the conduct of indian 15 division was pathetic by all definitions no one can deny the fact that two infantry brigades of this division bolted away in face of pakistani counter attacks and that this led to a serious operational crisis on the 8th 9th september was the 96 indian infantry brigade had to be brought forward to check the conditions of near route in 15 division i am not implying that indians were non martial as many pakistanis earnestly believe since it is a fact that a pakistani unit from barki sector also bolted away it was i think a punjab regiment unit joginder asserts that he gave a suggestion that BRP should be crossed at Barki after the main Indian attack against Lahore had failed on 6th to 9th September but he does not explain how it could have been successfully done keeping in view the net performance of all Indian brigades of 7 and 15 division tasked to contact BRP which was pathetic by all definitions he asserts that he also suggested that 
26 Indian Division should bypass Sialkot and capture Samdial west of Sialkot but does not explain how an infantry division would do so when an armored division supported by two infantry divisions had failed to capture even Chavanda which was hardly 11 miles from the border Harbak Singh asserts again i would take his assertions with a pinch of salt that general harbak singh took no interest in the main indian attack that is the one core operations opposite chavanda but jogender singh does not explain was it due to some inter arm rivalry or because harbak was not interested that india should win the war the author's conclusion that there was no worthwhile higher direction in 1965 war as far as the indian army was concerned stands out as one of the most credible conclusions of this book his assertion that 1965 war was a show of some 20 lieutenant colonels and their units and about seven regiments of the armored corps is valid for both the indian and pakistan armies as far as 1965 war is concerned Jogender flatly denies that General Chaudhary ever asked General Harbak Singh to withdraw to the Bias River. However, General Call, whose book was published many years before Harbak Singh war dispatches, had also made a similar accusation that such a withdrawal was suggested by Chaudhary. I came across a similar assertion in another book by an Indian Colonel H. C. Carr. It appears that Chaudhary did discuss something with Harbaksh about readjusting his position but since there is nothing on record therefore only a prophet or a jinn may ever know what exactly happened The possibility that Jogender dismisses this incident since Harbaksh Singh had written that it occurred cannot be denied since opposition for opposition sake is one of the cardinal attributes of the subcontinental psyche the author agrees that the main failure at chavanda occurred in the handling of first indian armored brigade brigadier khemkaran singh on 8 september 1965 but has spent far more energy in painting harbak singh as the main reason for the indian failure all over this book In this regard it appears that the book had the support of the Indian military establishment who were outraged by Harbakh for being very frank and forthright in his remarks about the mishandling and incompetence of the Indian army at various levels in 1965 war In this regard the book stands out as more of a rejoinder to Harbakh's war dispatches than a study carried out in a detached manner with the aim of correctly analyzing the 1965 war the author gives no explanation why the indians wasted two complete days doing nothing following their failure at gadgor on the 8th september 1965 this was the most critical phase of the war for the pakistanis when they were off balance and it was possible for the indian armor to regain its freedom of maneuver by outflanking the pakistani force opposite them the situation after 
10th and 11th September when the Pakistani 1st Armored Division started reinforcing the 6th Armored Division was totally transformed. The Indian major failure occurred on 8th, 9th and 10th September and was entirely because of indecisiveness and lack of resolution in pressing forward on behalf of India's 1 Core and 1st Armored Division, both GOC and the Brigade Commander. The author has also discussed 1971 war in brief, but here also his criticism is very mild about the higher direction in the war. Indian Western Command Chief Kandeth has acknowledged in his book that had the Pakistanis attacked in late October 71, all Indian plans to attack East Pakistan would have been blown into winds. This proves that the plans to invade East Pakistan were not as sound as they appeared and that the Indian plan was only carried out successfully since Yahya was irresolute enough not to launch a counteroffensive in the Western Front as had been planned before 1971 war. Jogendra does not explain how establishment of the Bangladesh strategically helped India in the long run since Bangladesh is militarily stronger than the old East Pakistan and is not an Indian satellite as Indians had envisaged. Even Indian thinkers are divided about the strategic success of the 1971 war. Was it fought to add another feather to the Durga Devi's cap or to liberate the Bengalis? Indra's conduct after the 1971 war does not paint a very bright picture about her motivation to start the 1971 war. Even if the aim was to help the Bengalis, it failed since major killings by the Pakistan army, whatever their quantum took place in April to June 71 and by November 71 the situation was far different from that of June 71. Genocide may have been committed, but the Indians came not with a missionary's motive to help the oppressed, but for other reasons. Wars, after all, are not fought for missionary purposes alone, and 1971 only enduring legacy is a more aggressive and militarily viable Pakistan eager to vindicate its honor and the creation of a smaller ethnic state which proves that after a decade or two all provinces of present-day Indo-Pak are tomorrow's full-time members of the UNO. In this regard, the 1971 war as far as India was concerned was a strategic failure and only a symbolic success. It would have been a success only if India had the resolution to overrun West Pakistan or it at least recapture Pakistan-held Kashmir. Joginder has not discussed anywhere the relative failure of the Indian command system, especially with a reference to the Western command. A dispassionate glance at the conduct of 65 and 71 war proves that the Indian command system is too unwieldy and keeping in view the frontage locations of formations and their number, it is very difficult for any man, whether it is Harbaks or Manikshaw, to effectively command anything like the Western Command as it is and it was in 1965 and 71 wars.
Joginder's hero Manik Shaw had nothing to do with actual operations of any core division or command in any of the 319 Indo-Pak wars. The Indian failure at Cham in 71 which was criticized by Joginder definitely had a connection with the confusion in the Indian GHQ as the narratives of Kandeth and Gurcharan Singh as well as Prawal prove. Joginder does not explain why Cham which was adequately defended in 71 was lost to Pakistan. It was after all a command failure and had a deeper connection with the divisional commander's personality and handling of armor than with anything at brigade or unit level where the Indian 191 brigade was brilliantly led and managed to hold three Pakistani infantry brigades rather four Pakistani infantry brigades supported by three tank regiments for more than two days how should we analyze the indian army's failure in 1965 or how should i put it as a pakistani joginder sees the hand of harbakh singh in all indian failures in 1965 a ridiculous proposition which no one can seriously believe this however is too simplistic an approach on part of joginder there were deeper reasons for the indians as well as pakistani failures to function as dynamic entities beyond unit level at 1965 the indian army of 1965 was like the austrian army of 1809 it consisted of perhaps equally brave junior leaders but was severely handicapped because rapid expansion since the 1962 sino-indian war despite being impressive on paper had not made the indian military machine really effective because of poor training at divisional and brigade level it was numerically strong but organizationally ineffective having dashing young leaders but tactically and operationally inept brigade divisional and core commanders from the older pre-47 commissioned generations generations who were supposed not to go beyond company level had the transfer of power not taken place in 1947 the strike core was a new concept and the indian one core which was created shortly before the 1965 war was a newly raised formation whose core commander and armored divisional commanders were about to retire in 1965 when the war broke out the indian commanders beyond unit level as was the case with pakistan army consisted of men who had experience of infantry biased operations in second world war and did not understand the real essence of armored warfare it was this lack of understanding that led to the failures in achieving a decisive armor breakthrough on both sides it was a failure of command as well as staff system where even the staff officers on both sides were too slow for armored warfare and worked on yards and furlongs rather than miles the orientation of these myopic staff officers was position oriented rather than mobility oriented and their idea of a battlefield was a typical linear battlefield 
their burma or north african experiences with the japanese and germans dynamic enemies that they were frequently appeared in the rear and had made them extra sensitive about their flanks these were men who thought in terms of security rather than speed conformity rather than unorthodox dynamism having been trained in the slavish colonial orders oriented british indian army the cardinal life script of their life was having a cushy time and doing nokri it was this british system in which every senior commander was more interested in doing the job of those one step junior to him that led to the lack of dash and initiative at the brigade and battalion level they were trained that way and their behavior as far as the timidity at brigade and divisional headquarter level was concerned has to be taken in this context you cannot understand kk singh or rajinder singh unless you understand this fact how could one man an army commander harbak singh the target of jogender singh responsible for three corps of indian army be made responsible for failures of indian army that occurred at battalion brigade and divisional level once i heard about jogender's book in 1998 i had very high expectations and was convinced that a man who had been the chief of staff of the indian western command will be the best judge of 1965 war in this regard this book was a big disappointment since instead of analyzing indian military history it is more of a proof that joginder singh was a very fine staff officer and that lieutenant general harbak singh was a horrible man that is if you believe joginder's biased and rabid narrative joginder's book is a welcome addition to the limited number of first hand direct participant accounts of 1965 war but the fact that the writer has made some controversial assertions and has actually made an effort to write a rejoinder to harbak singh's more famous and far more credible war dispatches however this does not diminish the historical value of the book at least for the pakistani readers of military history in this regard joginder remains indispensable although he has to be read with a great deal of skepticism joginder's book retains the status of must be read and indispensable books on the list of all keen students of indo-pak military history however his anti harbaks bias should be taken with a pinch of salt rather with a spoon of salt in addition his discussions of what could have been done must be viewed in relation to the relatively pathetic performance of both the indian and pakistan armies in all three wars the underemployment of pakistan and indian armies in all three wars have a deeper connection with the controver- controversial conservative british colonial legacy 
Harbakhsh and various other actors much criticized and unjustly criticized by characters like Joginder Singh were but a product of that British system and were relatively better or perceived to be better than their contemporaries and thus elevated to the higher command ranks it was the outmoded system that proved to be a failure in all three indo-pak wars and individuals like harbaksh were just the tip of the iceberg